LDB, 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 LDB. Good evening, LDB. It is time to bring back your favorite podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Schutzer. I'm joined uh, by my my favorite co-hosts. Well, actually, Sean, I apologize. You're also my favorite, <laughs> but, but Sean's not here today, everybody. We've got the commissioner, uh, Mr. Matthew Starr. Matthew, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to be back. Good to see everyone again. Yeah, it is good. And of course, uh, we have Mr. Bill Becker. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's not Mr. Bill Becker. It's Mr. Michael Becker. That's an inside joke, everyone. I apologize. Michael, how are you doing? Doing great. We're clearly off to a terrific start in the new year. <laughs> it's been a while. We're out of practice. Yeah. It's, a, it's a surprise, surprise podcast drop. Yeah. Hope you guys like it. No, no notice that this was coming. We have a few things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, we felt like it was time. I mean, I think we're in, we're on an Island where there's really no baseball happening and, and football is depressing everybody, uh, especially me. Um, so we figured it was time just to come in and talk a little LDB, get everybody's uh, whistle wet for some excitement in the spring. Um, you know, I wanted to start actually uh, just by by saying to Peterson, who I know will listen to this, that you're going to be missed, sir. Um, I mean, that was one of my favorite podcasts that we had. And I think oh boy, yeah, I, we're really going to have to bring him back to sort of talk about this. But I respect his decision. But, oh, man, I'm going to miss that guy. Um, uh, start. You you were the one who originally uh, brought Peterson in, right? No, I'm trying to remember. How yeah, he got yeah, yeah. It, he he's so so. I mean, Jeff and I have been friends for uh, a really long time, and he and I uh, have been in a football league. He's been in a football league of mine for I don't even know over a decade for sure at this point. Uh, so yeah, so I brought him in. Thought he would be a good fit. Uh, I believe he came in. And we did an expansion draft. Um, well, we, we didn't do it. Sorry, it wasn't an expansion draft. We did like a, uh, a dispersal draft because the team, the, the two teams were left and they were very unbalanced. And we thought it was not fair to bring in two new owners and give one a great team and one a shitty team. So we, it was him and Jorvi came in the same year and uh, we had them draft their teams um, from the assets of the two teams that had left. Um, and, you know, I think he's, he's been a great addition to the league. I'm, you know, I'm certainly sad to see him go. Uh, you know, I, I, I am lucky in that you know, I, I'm in pretty regular touch with Peterson. He and I, about a year ago, actually started doing this kind of uh, music club, this kind of music version of a book club that we've been meeting every, you know, two or three weeks for the last year. That I get to see him and do, you know, every you know, Friday or Saturday, every other Friday or Saturday night. Um, so that's been fun, but the rest of you, I think, maybe won't have as much regular contact with him. And I'm, I'm sorry, you guys will be deprived of Jeff Peterson. Speak for yourself, man. Are five podcast hosts too many? <laughs> Can we get them? Can we get them back? Yeah, I don't mean I don't mean to talk about Jeff like he's dead. This is all a little uh, morbid, but uh, yeah, I will miss him so much. And um, that that episode we did with Jeff talking about Dungeons and Dragons was just so delightful. And I, I guess I, I too am comforted by the fact that, um, you know, I, I hope Jeff continues to kind of lurk on the message boards and contributes to the pod. 
because the best the best aspects about Jeff are not kind of the the transactions he makes in fantasy baseball. It's just his contributions as a guy. Um, so yeah, look forward to uh, still talking with Jeff and hanging when it's appropriate. Maybe not at the pace of Star, but um, you know I'll I'll get some time in. I sort of know that we're gonna connect with Tim real soon and get to know him and he'll definitely leave his mark on this squad. But I, I also just want to say to Jeff, cause I know, again, I know he's going to listen to this. Uh, if, if Tim wins a title in the next five years, that's a good bit as a result of the good work that Jeff put in the team that he's handing over is the best shape of any team that has been handed off in my time in this league. And I think Peterson should be proud of that. I think it's, I, I'm impressed that he's walking away. And it, that is the word I want to use. I'm impressed that he has the 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 chutzpah. The, I'm looking like what's the right word for this? The 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 um, maturity to be like this is not for me at this time. Self restraint. Yeah, because that squad is good. It's a really good yeah. squad, and, and I think Tim's gonna have a good time with it. Oh, so. Tim! Tim's gonna drive the Ferrari. Tim, I have no <laughs> doubt will win uh, an LBB title within the next five years, unquestionably, and. Um, I don't know if we're done talking about Jeff and transitioning to Tim, but I, I will say as um, you know, the, kind of the link between Tim and this league now, I, I, as I said in the email, Tim's an awesome guy, uh, just such a, a sweet, loyal friend. Uh, you all will really, really like him. Uh, really thoughtful guy, really cerebral, really smart, um, good family man. Um, and I'm excited for you guys to all get to know him. Uh, and on top of that, he is already preparing and making spreadsheets in ways that I hadn't even thought to do in my first month uh, as a member of this league. It probably didn't dawn on me to do the things he's doing until like year three. So uh, really, really good fantasy baseball player. You guys got a lot of uh, work cut out for you, uh, but also Are you trying really to get me? Guy. Are you trying to get me excited or terrified? Cause like- You should I'm be <laughs> a, a, rising, a rising tide lifts all ships, man. Come on. Yeah, I, I'm excited to meet him. And, you know, I think had it not been for Omicron, maybe we would have gotten together already, but we'll, we'll find some time to do that. Becker, hopefully you can join us um, some, sometime soon. But one thing I like about the way that Jeff left his team, and I, I totally agree. I feel like usually when an owner walks away uh, from a league like this, they usually leave a team in a bit of disarray. There's a lot of cleanup that needs to be done to kind of get that you know, that team back to a, a state of competitiveness. And you know, Jeff kind of took it almost back to the point of competitive competitiveness and walked away. But I think one of the coolest things that he did is that he has a ton, like, I mean, Mark has a ton of picks, but Jeff, but Jeff had a ton of picks in this draft, including, I think, what, the first and the third overall One and picks. three. One and three. Uh, which kind of, which is kind of cool because it gives Tim the ability to kind of mold this team a bit in his own image too. Uh, you know, Jeff kind of set it up and now Tim gets to kind of follow through and take advantage of the work that Jeff put in, but also kind of get to do his own thing with it, which I think is a, a cool position to come into. I think he has like, you know, two firsts and two seconds and I don't even actually look it up, but it's a lot of picks. There's a lot to work with. And I'll, I'll note here that we, I think we hope to have Tim on the next podcast so everyone can, uh, uh, he can introduce himself and you all can get to know him a little bit better. I look forward to that. And actually, uh, Becker, this was before your time, I believe, but uh, Ian, when he was, had big aspirations for the, for the cast, when we brought on Nate, he actually did like a 30 minute, let's get to know Nate episode. 
Um, I remember, yeah. About, uh, the 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 uh, incoming uh, honeymoon that he was going to be doing, and and it was really cool. It was a good way to, even though like Nate and I have actually never spoken beyond maybe five minutes, I feel like I know him a little bit. So we'll do something similar to, to Tim. Um, I don't. I don't think it was when Nate came on, but it it was a. I think it was like his first like get to know an owner. Segment. It was when I came on that year. It, yeah, because yeah, I was, was the next Becker episode. I think Nate started, and I was the next episode. Thanks for remembering, Chris. Um, Wait, you did yeah. one too. <laughs> yeah, he <Yes>. did. <laughs> Clearly, uh, very memorable. And, and I just looked. He has six picks in this draft, which is which is a lovely place to start. Two in each round. All right, and I think he's going to be creative with them too. So that that's interesting. You know, yeah, the back- first and the, th- the first and the third pick, and both the first and second round. So four of the first twenty picks, which is kind of fun. Um, all right. Well, we've got. I think we've got another half hour or so here, and and we've got a few things that we've got planned. Um, and uh, I'm going to stop punching Becker through the screen. Um, you know, just being a general jerk, and 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 we'll transition here. But Star, we wanted to give you a couple minutes. I think you've been the most active member of our league, obviously as the commissioner here, with a lot of the off-season duties, and maybe. It would be a couple, uh, a good couple minutes if you can just update us on where we stand on, in your thoughts, just in terms of rule changes, anything like that. Um, and then I know Becker and I want to interview you about some of the uh, content you've been putting out, but we'll put, we'll do that next. So um, I know Ryan's done a tremendous job uh, putting our rules together. He does that every year. Um, anything that you want to highlight for the league? I know that's maybe not the most exciting content, but rule changes you're excited about. I, I, you know, honestly, I mean, first, again, I just want to credit Ryan for running this and running this process and makes my life so much easier that he takes, takes the reins on this and basically runs it. And I'm just kind of playing, a, taking a backseat and kind of just observing and chiming in, writing a rule here and there when it needs to be fixed. But I think this, uh, this year is pretty quiet. In term, I think it was just a bunch of minor fixes. I don't think we have anything major really coming down the pipeline at all this year um you know there was some talk about like you know changing up the reliever stat i don't think we're going to do that um so yeah i think it's just a lot of like you know minor technical fixes kind of this year it's one of the quieter (laughs) rule seasons we've had but i'm okay with that i don't think there there are any major changes that need to be made to the rules right now so i think it's fine that uh you know that's that's how it's going um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, and, and we can talk about this. I know we want to talk a little bit about kind of where baseball stands, but I think right now we're kind of operating on the usual schedule and trying to, at least as, you know, with the assumption that base, there will be, there will be baseball and there will be baseball, uh, you know, fairly soon. I think we're probably just going to go, you know, after the rules thing is done, we're going to go right ahead into the double A draft as usual. And I think the only thing we would potentially delay if we did anything at all would be the auction. If, you know, baseball wasn't, if we didn't have a date by the time that the auction came around for the start of the season, I think we would push that back, but otherwise, you know, uh, all things go. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the, uh, the players and the owners can come to their own agreement and uh, get us moving here officially. So, you, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm interpreting that you're optimistic that we're not going to miss much baseball, if any. And Becker, you've put yourself out there in writing with the same. Becker, let me start with you. Why do you think we're only going to lose spring training time? Because it's a dance, and this is always how it happens. This seems like a very different atmosphere than in 1994. 
it seems as if the parties will come to a deal and it's just a matter of when. Um, knowing what I know about uh, everyone's tolerance for spring training, I know that they don't like it. They already think it's too long. So bleeding into spring training, I think will be a net win for, for both owners and for players. Um, and then, you know, the only other thing I'm pulling from is like real life professional work in settlement negotiations. If you ever have to settle a lawsuit, and I know there are a lot of other uh, lawyers in this uh, league who can attest to this, sometimes you just have to go through the dance and you kind of um, puff out your chest a little bit and maybe you walk out of the room for show. But eventually, when there is some time constraints, things get done. So I am, I am totally operating under that assumption. I don't have any sort of inside information. I think there's a lot of bad information out there. I think a lot of the people who cover baseball are not particularly well equipped to get into labor. Um, it's a difficult subject to cover and write credibly about. Um, and a lot of these sports reporters don't necessarily have that skill. Um, so I, I just think it's, it's going to happen. And like I said in my email, I, I guess it will be probably second week of spring training. Everyone will know that at least pitchers need to get started and everyone needs some at bats. And so we'll see some movement and abbreviated spring training. Then a season, uh, the season begins either on time or a couple of weeks late. And, and I'll echo that kind of, I, I feel like, you know, I, I have no insider information. I'm, I'm kind of reading tea leaves and, and basing this on what I'm reading from, you know, a handful of sources who I pay attention to in the media. Um, but I think, you know, there, there's, there's a real sense the 2020 season, every, you know, nobody made as much money as they normally would this season. I think people, there's a lot of eagerness on both sides to get in as close to a full season as possible this year um, to kind of make up for that. Uh, I, I also, you know, I, I think the, the free agent frenzy and, you know, kind of the shocking amount of money that was spent right up until the CBA ended was, I, I, you know, and maybe that's a misinterpretation on my end, but I certainly read that as, you know, the, this is a, everything is booming and, you know, we're, we're going to get, we're going to come to some sort of agreement. And if you kind of read the proposals, like, again, it's, this is again, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing my own interpretation, which I have, you know, you know, this carries probably no value, but it doesn't seem like they are really that far apart. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing that there's, going to be a major stoppage over at this point. Um, and so I, I'm kind of with you, Becker. I think, you know, somewhere around March 1st or something, we could see some sort of agreement and then kind of a, you know, abbreviated spring training and, you know, something pretty close to resembling a normal season. So I feel both of you follow this more closely than I do. And I appreciate that because I'm, I'm learning as we're talking here. Do you think the vitriol of what happened in 2020, because there was a lot of bad press between the owners and the players, is that what is leading to a more peaceful negotiation this go round? Because I'm just surprised that in a year and a half, we went from they hate each other that much to this, where everyone seems very confident. It's not just you two, it's most of the press that we're not gonna lose much. I don't, I mean, it may just be, we're not at the point where they get mad at each other. 
So in 2020, there was a lot of pressure. The, the pressure that they will face in March, it was on them in 2020, in addition to navigating a pandemic. So I think there is still the possibility of that vitriol. I'd also like to think that Rob Manfred has been humbled a little bit and that Tony Clark has been humbled a little bit and maybe uh, some deputies on both sides, the players union and the ownership group and the commissioner's office has talked some sense into the, the principles there because I, I don't have a lot of confidence in either one of them, but I know there are smart people working for the players association in the same way that they're, they're working for the commissioner's office. So I'd like to think that those cooler heads will prevail. It's just, it was just so acute in 2020. And I'd like, I'd like to see us avoid that if possible, but we'll see. I guess my surprise is that there was a lot of press about how bad the last CBA was for the players. And it feels to me like they are the ones who have their backs against the wall to make a change. And so I, I'm optimistic only because the rest of the world is optimistic. So I feel like I must be missing something, but I haven't seen the moment where the kumbaya thing happened. And so I'm not as optimistic that we don't lose some baseball. I feel like there's too much money at stake for them not to screw it up. Um, or sorry for that. I, I don't think they'll screw it up massively, but I won't be stunned if we get down to 140 game season or something like that, just to, to do a dance, you know, lose a little bit of the first month. Um, it's possible, I, I, but that's me. I mean, if, if I'm, you know, if my interpretation is correct, you know, I, I think the owners, unfortunately, kind of have the upper hand here. I think the players are pretty desperate to play. And I, I think ultimately kind of what, how, what this is probably going to come down to is that they're not willing to sit out a large chunk of the season to get to have their demands met. I think they won't get everything they're asking for and they're, they're ultimately going to decide that's not worth, you know, losing all this money over. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Unfortunately, I don't think there's, there's, I don't think there's a kumbaya. I think there's just a pragmatism to it. And I think that's maybe what it comes down to in the end. And one last thing, Chris, I mean, I, I would totally ignore most of the press coverage because the press knows how to write a horse race story. It knows how to write, the union is upset with the commissioner's office. The commissioner's office is upset with the union. That's a very easy story to tell. And it, I, I'm not saying it is being fabricated. It's just cheap and easy. It is a lot more difficult to write a nuanced article about each uh, side's proposal. I think the difference this, this time around is that the sides seem to know what those big issues are. We're gonna get a, a higher minimum salary. They may not move off of the six years of service time, but there might be some movement on, on, you know, on changing that. Um, I think that both sides after having gone through 2020 know the big battles and they're willing to kind of inch closer on those things as opposed to if they didn't even know where those battles were to begin with and they had different interpretations of what those were. And I, I, just 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 to chime in one you know i think the one thing that i you know i read the the owner's first proposal and obviously the players rejected that out of hand you know again i think that it reflected what you just said decker is that they know they know where what the major issues are and they at least seem to not they at least seem to be like taking baby steps towards like trying to find some sort of middle ground like like you said i don't know that we're going to get a 
you know, less than six years to free agency, but I think they are willing to find some ways to allow players to get more money earlier in their career. I think that's going to happen. But the owners you know, recognize think, there's a problem. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you both for your thoughts on that. Um, I think let's, let's transition to something a little more LDB specific and Matt, you've given us excellent content. Um, for the folks that are listening, what I'm about to do is, is a, a bit of a surprise to uh, Becker and Star. So I'm going to give them as much warning as possible. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions um, in advance to give you time to think about it. I'll answer them too. Um, but start, we're going to start just uh, with your process um, uh, of how you write this uh, and, and what goes into it, um, because I know you put a lot of time into it. I'm actually curious just how much time goes into your uh, ranking and then, and then doing these write-ups because it's spectacular, but I have to imagine it's, it's massive. Um, and then as a question that, that uh, maybe we can sort of get into a little fun debate on is um, uh, if there's a player or maybe two that you think uh, you could see skyrocketing up this list, um, I'd, I'd love to get who you guys both think after the next season will be ranked too low. We'll look back and we'll say that's, that's interesting. Um, and then similarly, is there somebody that we're reacting really quickly to a, a, a really great season last year or two um, that you think could drop? I definitely have one or two on that, that I think um, I was surprised uh, at my reaction. And then I dug into the stats and I was like, man, Star's right. That actually is where they belong. And I don't buy it, you know? Like, so one of those, um, I'm kind of curious if, if we'll get into some debate there. Um, does that sound okay to you guys? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, so Star, let's start with you. Um, I mean, every year you put out content like this. It's pretty pretty amazing. Uh, what's your process? Uh, so, I mean, this year is kind of, I, I, I kind of started, I was doing these like, you know, uh, you know write-ups, like previews for, for next year and kind of just in the process of doing that, I kind of broke down, you know, a lot of the, the best homegrowns and, you know, who the players are who are kind of driving the, the values for various teams. And so it was kind of, you know, I started from that, from that place, um, you know, instead of having to look at every single homegrown that's out there, I already kind of had a list of all the ones who I thought were notable, which is more than 50. So that's pretty easy to get a, uh, oh, we have a 10 minute warning, apparently. <laughs> uh, it might be a shorter podcast than normal today. Bill Becker is not paying the Zoom bills. <laughs> that was a private message, Star. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> uh but yeah so so you know then i kind of just i try to do my own I, I i look at projections there aren't a lot of projections out there right now so i'm trying to you know, kind of i don't love steamer and that's the only one that seems to be out there in full but i tried to cobble that together with kind of my own you know looking at looking at stats looking at what other other rankings to see how other team other places have ranked these guys uh and just kind of try to use as much information you know and try to use my own like intuition and try to just cobble together whatever I can to to put together a list you know usually but you know I try I also you know they use the auction calculators and the projections to kind of inject LDB stats into these players for you know for evaluation purposes which you know has its flaws but I try to do you know what I can with that and that's essentially what the process looks like so let me put you just for injuries and, and that sort of thing yeah so just real quick I'm going to put you on the spot knowing that we're our time is limited I'm curious if you looked at downgrading starting pitching in general um, as a result of the uh, surge of the, the reliever strategy in LDB, or, or did that not really factor into your rankings? 
Um, I mean, it, it didn't really, though, it, it's interesting. There, one of the things I noticed is there weren't that many, like, great homegrown starting pitchers anymore. Like, it's, it's kind of strange, actually. Um, yeah, I think I've through 35 on my rankings. That's why I should pull up the list. But I don't know. Are there, are there even 10 pitchers on that out of 35 that I've ranked so far? It seemed like when I was doing it, it seemed like a very small number of pitchers. And I still think elite pitchers, and there are a good number of elite homegrowns, I still think elite guys are super valuable in this league. I think there is certainly a question of whether kind of the the, the mid to back end guys are quite as good. But you know, I think most of the guys that I've ranked, I think you would say, you know, are top 30 starters starting pitchers until you know you get to like the end here with like Jose or Kiti. Um and uh, guys like that who's uh, I think those guys are still just as valuable as they've always been they all have question marks though all right well look again I think do they? Gonna, some of them do yeah I, I will get into it we'll get into it I, I think uh Becker let me let me put you on the spot who who do you think is going to skyrocket I think I have three names one is Bo Bichette the other is Eloy Jimenez and the third is now escaping me this is great content. Luis Robert. Yeah, Luis Robert at 19, Bo Bichette at 17. Eloy is, I believe, in the 20s. Uh, I could see those guys being top five in this list next year. And alternatively, like, as much as I like Sandy Alcantara, um, I think you know if, if there were anyone to maybe regress, it could be him. I could see Aaron Judge uh, falling on this list only if uh, he has some injury concerns. Uh, I, I don't have anything to quibble with. I want to be clear about that. It's, an, as you said, phenomenal work and great content. Um, but yeah, I could, I could totally see Bo, uh, Luis Robert, and Eloy up there next year. Star, is it okay yeah, with I, you? I will... Go ahead, go ahead. What was that? I was, I was going to say, say I... since you wrote the list, I wanted to throw my names in, but I want you to react first. So go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of funny that you mentioned Alcantara, because I feel like that's one of the guys that I think, even upon like immediate reflection, that I maybe ranked a little too high. Honestly, there was kind of a tier to me, starting with Alcantara and going basically all the way through Bo Bichette, or actually probably through Luis Robert. Uh, you could probably argue it goes even that far. And like putting those guys in order was a chore. <laughs> and I, I think those guys could have kind of gone in just about any order, but like, I don't think there's, yeah, I don't think Lu Lucas Giolito and, and Julio Urias are, are clearly that much better than Sandy Alcantara. I think those three could like finish the season in any order, really. For me, this exercise is so much a reaction to the health that guys had, like seeing Aaron Judge as high, to your point, Becker, is a reaction to the fact that he finally put together a healthy season. Can he do it again? Uh, <laughs> hell if I know. Um, but there's a number of guys that I think uh, I worry about based on their histories. Um, you know, like, are we underreacting or overreacting to the, the injured season that they just had? Or like Jack Flaherty is an interesting one for me. Like, I, I actually do think that uh, all pitchers are, are injury prone. I think that he is properly placed. Um, but up until last year, one of the things that everybody said about Flaherty is this guy's never been injured. So, you know, it's just like, at some point you have to say, everybody can get injured. Um, I like your pick of Boba Shett. 
I agree with you. I think he's going to be higher next year. That power speed combo at short is just incredibly valuable. I'm going to actually go in a different direction and, and name somebody who I think has been uh, in the league longer. Um, and that's Ozzy Albies. Um, Albies did not have my favorite season last year, but if we were reacting the year before, uh, he would have been much, much higher. Um, and so I think Albies could, could definitely go back up. Uh, I'm going to go with my name to drop. I'm going to go to my St. Louis Cardinals. I was stunned uh, at how highly initially, because again, I just didn't, I didn't do enough research uh, at how highly Tyler O'Neill was ranked. Oh man. Team. Yeah. And, and the season that he had last year was incredibly impressive. And I watched a lot of it as a Cardinals fan. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't buy it. I think that that guy regresses heavily. Um, I just think that, you know, something was up last year that was great. And I don't think it sticks. I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Um, Star, are you ready to defend that one? Yeah. I mean, I knew that was kind of a controversial pick. I love Tyler O'Neill. I, I mean, I love it. Tyler O'Neill reminds me so much of one of my other favorite players is Teoscar Hernandez and Tyler O'Neill's breakout this year looked so much like Teoscar Hernandez's breakout last year. Like they looked very, very similar. In terms of just basically, he said, you know, strikeouts be damned. Like, I'm just going to hit the shit out of the ball, and that's all that's going to matter. And, you know, the dude's a beast. I mean, you've seen the guy. He's gigantic. He's, like, crazy athletic. And I think, you know, I don't know that he can do this for five years or, you know, three years. But I think there's a short window here where I think, you know, he's a guy who could do this easily one or two more seasons. And, you know, you guys, Dorby, the guy I was trying to acquire from Dorby before last season, I've, I've been a Tyler O'Neill believer for a while, and I felt like this was kind of inevitable for him. So I, I bought in, I'm fully bought into Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So we have, I think we're going to have a weird thing happen in the cast where we're going to get knocked off. We may be coming back. We might not. If we don't, we'll be back again soon. If we do, ignore what I'm saying right now. Um, my other guy that I think is going to go up is Buxton. I, I, I liked what I saw when he was healthy. I know that's a big health question, right? And I'm seeing nods on the screen. I, I think one of these years he's going to be healthy and then we're going to be like, damn, there he is. Um, so here's my, here's my other bet to go up. I, um, I agree. I, I think Buxton, I think Buxton will eventually have a healthy season and it will be some crazy thing that, you know, that, that we've been waiting for forever. It will happen. It's just like, is it going to be this year? I don't know. That's, have to say um you know, if, if we again if we have if we have time to do this i can do this more my three guys to go up with three guys that i haven't ranked yet uh but a couple of pitchers uh and michael kopech and Tarek Skubal, who i think are are big potential breakouts and then one of my guys uh i love andrew vaughn i think andrew vaughn is going to do something special this year and i can talk about why if we have more time <laughs> and if we don't i'll write about it all right um, so I don't even know how this works. Are we going to get kicked off? And then do we come back on? Like, what do we do? This feels very Y2K. Yeah. We, yeah, maybe, maybe, I think we're going to get it. kicked off in less than a minute. So it may be a, right. well, a you wise, know what? wise time to wind down. Then I'll tell you what, let's do this again in, in the next two or three weeks and bring Tim on. How's that sound? Great. And Love then it. we can react to the rest of stars. Hey, we're back. All right. Sorry for the little blip, guys. Uh, we we lost connection, but we are back. Um, 
I just wanted to kind of follow up, uh, finish up what I was saying on uh, the guys that I thought were going to improve. Like I said, there's three guys um, who I haven't ranked yet. They'll be kind of in the, the back end of the top 50. Uh, the first is Michael Kopech, um, who I think is, is the White Sox had the, you know, good fortune to be able to kind of ease him into this starting role. Uh, I think he's going to, looks like he's going to be a starter for the season. The dude has absolutely filthy stuff and in an arsenal that he, um, you know, that, that can, that can work as a starter. And I think he's just going to go, I think there's a chance of, you know, I think it's going to happen, but if there's a guy, I think on the back end of this list, who could go through the roof. Like he's probably the number one guy. That's a guy who's got ACE potential uh if he if he if it clicks for him um the other two guys maybe aren't quite that don't quite have that ceiling but Turk Skubal um you know look, look you know as as a guy who had not pitched a lot in in the high minors to jump to the majors like he did um was pretty impressive uh you know he finished with a 434 ERA um you know looked like he kind of got a little tired down the stretch but there was a a, a period there kind of in july august where he was doing some really impressive things it really i mean honestly it really may through august he looked great and i feel like a bad april and a bad september kind of tarnished the overall season-long numbers but i think he's got some special brewing and then the third one is andrew vaughn uh who you know i don't like I, I, i hate talking about my own guys and like touting them too hard but Vaughn had a weird season in that Vaughn, again, like even more so than Scoval, Vaughn, Vaughn had like 50 minor league games total to his name, um, came up, struggled, not surprisingly, initially. And then around late June kind of took off and had like a two-month stretch there where he had like a 950 OPS and, you know, cut the strikeouts way down as walk rate went through the roof. And then he is, you know, admittedly said, like I hit the wall. I've never played a season this long and you could see it in the numbers and then he got hurt and then he went on the IL and like his September was just an absolute nightmare. I prefer the number from Tony, Tony La Russa for his struggles. <laughs> you could also blame Tony La Russa. I don't think it has anything to do with him, but I, I think Vaughn, you know, those two months, there was nothing fluky about them. I mean, the guy has an ability to get on base and he hits the ball hard and he does not, he's not, he does not come strike out a lot. I think, I think it's a, a real next step that for him that is not reflected, you know, and he had like a 715 OPS last year or something like that. I think the projections are showing him more like 800. I think there's an even higher ceiling than that uh, for Vaughn for next year. So I have, a que- I have a question about your rankings. Did you take contract status into account? For instance, if, if a guy was an S4, um, and knowing he'd only be able to be kept under that contract for one more year is, are you comparing that relative to say an S1 or an S2 where there's more time no, it, on the it, deal? It's just for next year only. It's not, it's okay. not, a, not a total reflection of the contract. Cause obviously there's some guys who have, you know, who are near the top of this list with multiple years and those like, you know, Atani is just insanely valuable and guys like that. But I'll, I'll maybe spark a little fire in the LDB trade market. Did you guys notice how many S4s there were? Because holy a shit, lot. there's a lot of S4s there. So I think, you know, this is going to be an interesting season and not maybe not this auction, but the one after is going to be a fascinating auction with a lot of these players returning to the pool. 
Yeah, I was looking at that. I actually, the I think the big auction so it is going to be not next year, but the year after. That's when a ton of these guys, like guys who are S3s and H3s this year. So there's a, there's a handful who will be available next year. But the big guy, like, you know, Juan Soto becomes available. Walker Bueller becomes available. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. Acuna becomes available. Um, Devers. It's just like some uh, Giolito. Just, there's some just a crazy list of guys who, you know, we're, we're talking about 2024 here. But, like, that's the one that jumped out to me is how many guys were at S3 and H3 as opposed to guys who are going to be available next year which are also a fair amount of yeah is it weird that i actually fear losing jesse winker more than aaron judge uh, maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah i think that that is weird i think so <laughs> i mean uh, i like jesse winker he's you know but but he's not aaron judge if, if judge is healthy yeah well star i gotta thank you uh, on behalf of the league because i think um it's not just this content that you did you also did the team wrap-ups and i thought those were phenomenal um, maybe actually what we can do is we can save that for the next one. Um, we can talk a little bit about what you did there and, uh, and we can intro Tim. Um, but let's transition now, you know, keep this short to, uh, some final thoughts. Um, Becker, let me throw it to you. Uh, any LDB or MLB specific final thoughts you want to get the league thinking on? I'm just excited to get back into it. It has been a dark, long, cold winter, at least here in Alexandria, Virginia. And uh, one of the few things that sustains me is uh, doing prep work and getting into guys and doing research. I like doing research just for research's sake. I should probably pick up some more hobbies and learn how to craft things. But uh, this is it for me. So um, I'm, it brings me joy to, to get on a pod with you guys and chat and, and know that hopefully baseball is right around the corner. I agree, man. Uh, I, you know, what this podcast has done for me, my final thought is I got to get on it with the, the double A. I, I think you scared me with Tim. I think I'm unprepared at this juncture. You should be scared. Um, and you I got to start my research. It usually begins uh, before now. So I'm, I'm behind and I got to fault the Arizona Cardinals for breaking my heart and, and, and leaving me in football a little too long this year. Usually they're, they have me uh, thinking football is irrelevant by, by November 15th or so, but this year they carried me into January before they broke my heart. So. Hey, Um, I'm waiting for that RFA hot stove to heat up. Yeah. Let's let's get after some RFA trades. Let's go. Matt, final thoughts, close us out. Yeah. I, I, I got what Becker said. I, you know, I'm just excited that we're, we're kind of setting back up again here and I feel like the football season ends and, the Denver Broncos have made the playoffs and God knows how long at this point. And so, you know, my football season ends at the, at the uh, end of the regular season, the fantasy season ends, the Broncos season ends. And I start paying attention to baseball kind of around the, the start of the new year. So it's, it's always a fun time of year to kind of dive in and, and chat with you guys and just get thinking and talking about this stuff again. All right. Well, it was good to hear your voices. Um, let's do it again soon. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll get Tim on. Um, and uh, until then, Happy hunting, everybody, and we'll speak again soon. Bye, everybody. See you guys.